1: Matt Butler.
2: I don't talk man. I back it up.
1: And we are a full of that. That's right. And Jeff Howe.
2: It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.
1: If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all.
2: Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Coming off the bye week, and we've got a game to talk about this week. Texas and K-State, that's 20th ranked K-State if you need it, coming into the DKR on Saturday. It's a 2.30 kick, and as we will discuss on this show, it's pretty much do or die time if you're Tom Herman and the Longhorns. But we will talk all about it on this week's show as we get back into the swing of it. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? I'm wonderful. My only complaint today is, uh, as you guys see, I'm wearing glasses because this is what happens when you do math wrong and end up a day short yeah. on contact lenses for the month. <laughs> so I remember those as, days. Such is life. Uh, a man who, uh, Rod, are you a contact wearer or no? No. See. No. He wouldn't
3: have been killed in the wild as a youngin, the way we would have. I would would have been dead by, like, five. I would have just not seen whatever predator was coming to eat. There had
4: to be, like, great warriors with bad eyesight to just numbers make sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, great yeah, back in the day.
2: True, but if you can't
4: see things, you're sort of screwed. It's a
2: clear vision, that perspective (laughs) that allows him to be a renaissance man, not just here on Longhorn Blitz, but on the Horn 104.9, where you can hear him each and every weekday on the RODcast. From 1 to 3, Lifetime Longhorn 2002, UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly Nevertheless, he is a card carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All American honor recognized by the NCAA, mm. you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Okay, so are you saying that all hunters back in the day had great eyesight?
4: No, just it,
3: survival of the fittest. Because you get purged out when you're young. I know, but you then
4: evolution know. wouldn't, it, like, people with bad eyesight wouldn't exist as prominently as they do because. They would have all, evolution would have weeded purged them, them out. All. Yeah, so, slowly. I I'm guess you, I'm one So of they rest. adapted. Those hunters, yeah. those hunters with bad eyesight, they adapted. Remember, yeah. they...
3: who was that? They, they went and like lived in the tincture. they were the nerds. There was like an
4: NFL player that recently like, just got his eyesight fixed or something. I think it, was, like, it was weird. Was no, it? there's
3: been a handful of right? those guys. Yeah, no, I've read, I remember. Hell, wasn't that a problem with Mikel Thompson since we brought well, him Mikkel, up a couple podcasts yeah, ago?
2: One of those <laughs> guys. That was what yeah. I was Mikel Thompson wore glasses regularly. It's just. Uh, Somebody on that Charlie Strong staff decided, like, hey, have you ever worn contacts during a game? And he was like, no. Why don't we give that a shot? See if it works. No, it was, time, you know, yeah. it was Steph Curry. Remember Steph Curry? shooting his Sir shooting. Steph Curry, like,
4: a couple of years yep. ago, turns out he had, like, a, a defect in his, mm-hmm. his eyesight or something. It was like, so you Oh, me, man, it's he hard hardcore. the greatest shooter in the world. Yeah. He had an eyesight defect. Yeah, I so, got a
3: stigmatism that messes with your depth so perception. The, you, but you adapt.
4: By, yep. You adapt. You know what I yep. mean? Yep. Yeah. That's Staying what Stay you indoors. Yes, yeah, so like Jose Altuve, being short mm-hmm. is almost what made, makes him great now. Like, you adapt to whatever your shortcoming is. Human evolution is. We'll get
2: into uh, some stuff on the field. The Longhorns. In, do that's that. been an eyesore uh, for a lot of people that have watched this Texas product the last few weeks. As we get into talking about K State, before we do that, let me just remind everybody. Thank you guys so much, uh, guys and ladies out there, those of you who listen to the Blitz, uh, for your support nice. of the show. Don't forget to – anywhere you get your podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. don't forget to like us, leave us a review. And it's not just the Longhorn Blitz feed. It is the Horns 24-7 podcast feed. Uh, you'll get our podcast, The State of Recruiting with Mike Roach and Bobby Burton, which – the name says it all. You want your recruiting fix. So that's where you're going to get it. And then Chip Brown and Taylor Estes with the flagship podcast. That's going to drop later in the week and be more of kind of an interview-oriented uh, type show to really uh, kind of get you those last-minute news notes and nuggets for kickoff. Uh, but we do our thing here on Longhorn Blitz. And, uh, again, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. And, Rod, as we get into this week coming off of a bye week, which you know Tom Herman uh, – probably said it best that a lot of guys kind of hit a wall. The bye week couldn't have come at a better time. Not just to get guys healthy, and as we start the week, Caden Stearns is probable for Saturday. Jordan Whittington's probable for the K-State game. B.J. Foster's probable. DeMarvion Overshone is going to be back on the practice field at the start of the week when the team gets back on the field. Tuesday, don't know if they'll get Jeffrey McCulloch back, but the bottom line is even you got Jalen Green back for the TCU game, even though you did lose Cade Brewer. They're hoping to get him back for the bowl game. Ryan Bushewski had surgery to repair that clavicle injury. They're hoping to get him back before the end of the regular season. As to quote uh kinda of quote Bill Parcells here. You guys know I'm a big Bill Parcells guy. I heard Love him, Bill Parcells. I heard him say one time about a a kicker. Uh he was talking to a team doctor at his NFL Films caught it, it as when he was coaching the Patriots. And he said, "Well, I, I think he could play, coach." He said, "Well, Doc, he doesn't have to play; he just has to kick." <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's I'll, about how football coaches view yeah. players. Mm-hmm. Kickers. No kickers, anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and yeah. new uh,
4: HBO uh, documentary about the two Bills is coming up too. Oh yeah.
2: Oh, HBO's doing one. Yeah, about Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells. They're and just something carrying like,
3: uh, on that thirty for thirty yeah. thing. Because okay, They're so doing, I okay. saw
2: the thirty for 30, two Bills on the
4: HBO one. I think something here's like here's my too. hot take. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's
2: kind of like the Popeyes chicken sandwich. I was like. I was kind of expecting a little bit more. Oh, from a, from the thirty for thirty one. Yeah. Well, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, he's not I, gonna, I, I, I
3: loved it only because I, it's I some it, wor- yeah. situation where you saw Bill Belichick actually like be human and have a little sense. Because Bill, his like mentors, Bill Parcells, who still isn't around for any guff or any type of sense of humor, and you saw Bill Belichick actually come off as the more like I don't know conversational one out of the two. I was just expecting yeah. a little bit more.
2: Hey. So, um, right. But anyway, uh, I think people have been expecting more Rod B. from uh, this Texas team. And, you know, the but the bye week, back to my point, you know, you're know you getting guys back from injury, but also, just kind of let everybody in that Moncrief complex really flush the four weeks of football that happened before that. that bye week. Yeah. Just flush it out, because not to really say this is what it's all about, because we know this team has issues, but if they win this game against K-State, they're right back where they were last year, where you're 6-3, and three, and when it comes to the Big 12 championship game, even more so than last year, you pretty much got your destiny pretty much in your own hands to an right. extent. Really, it's going to come down to if Texas wins out, it really comes down to they need Oklahoma to beat Baylor because they would have the tiebreaker over Baylor at that point, and then... There in the Big Twelve Championship game, Matt. Am I right about that? Just thinking of it off the top of my head. I
3: believe that's the, all the ways they could play out. If you look at the tiebreaker scenarios right now, okay. but this conference has just been crazy the last few years. Like when you look at how things could end up playing out, and it never plays out how you think.
2: Because if Texas and Oklahoma finish in second place, then obviously Oklahoma has the head-to-head tiebreaker. Texas would have head-to-head of a Baylor. You
3: sort of get to control your own fate. Basically, Texas
2: needs to win out and make sure they're, for that second-place tiebreaker, they're in a tiebreaker with Baylor and not Oklahoma. So, I digress. The point is, as bad as the four weeks preceding the bye week were, you really got a chance to get yourself back on track. And, Rod, that's the one thing... Looking back on it, and obviously with the benefit of hindsight, they didn't do that coming out of that first bye week. And you can say it was injuries or whatever, but that that staff clearly did not maximize that time off going into the West Virginia game. Because even though they went on the road and beat West Virginia by 11, that was kind of a sloppy game where you just kind of felt like they played with their food for two and a half, three quarters, and then pulled away from a a bad team at the end. Which, by the way, did you guys watch the West Virginia-Baylor game?
4: I, mm-hmm. I did, did not, not watch. Like, yeah, I did not
2: watch. Baylor gave West Virginia like ample opportunities to win that game. West Virginia had like yeah. a red zone snap that went forty yards behind Austin saw Kendall. That. They <laughs> had horrible mismanagement yeah. on a field goal that could have tied the game. So yeah, they're flawed. That's, just, that's the that's the stuff. Bad teams. I do. agree that they're, they're flawed. We've had no some
3: question. weird endings in the Big Twelve last like two weeks. Yeah. The, yeah. Good point. I agree with that. The Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah that was that. Yeah. So that's but you so you basically beat a bad football team then. Obviously, the Oklahoma game, you didn't really show up for that one. The Kansas game, which now, again, with the benefit of hindsight, do you guys know the Big 12 actually apologized to Les Miles for the clock error in the fourth quarter of that game?
3: Which area?
2: The, I think the Big 12 has been, they've admitted like twice
4: already this year that they, they screwed up. So, so if you look They're back on it, Matt, more. in, in the mm-hmm. fourth, it's too obvious not yes. to.
2: In the fourth quarter, there's a Sam Ellinger scramble, which, speaking of Sam Ellinger scrambles, Rod, right, I know you're going to get to some interesting information here in a minute. There's a Sam Ellinger scramble, and he's down in the middle of the field. It's a first down but they didn't start the clock when the chains were set. They waited till the ball. So basically— Oh, nice.
3: You got the free, like, five the, seconds. The Big 12 admitted down.
2: that basically yeah. there were four extra seconds on the clock. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's where the modern confusion, because, like, you used to always have subs coming in, but, like, at that point, whenever you're just waiting to set the ball down, you're used to being able to go, but some referees, like, you're you're allowing— the, and the people to come in and then you get in that confusion area. And the
2: conference had to take the heat for it because it's not like Texas got home cooking with the clock operator. The no, clock operator rough. is a Big 12 appointed clock operator and the game official on the field the uh the Big 12 head of officials uh, Greg Burke said the 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 on-field official didn't signal to wind the clock exactly. either. So Basically, it was just a big It's on the effort.
3: ref yeah. on that point. That's just bad refereeing. It's unlike in the NFL. The other day, we were—I think it was last night's game. It did a really good job of coming down and being like, "Nope, hold on." And then put, rewind the clock. And, like they're in charge of those things on the field, even though there is a human operating the clock, but they aren't the ones making the Maybe calls. Just add on the clock. more officials, that – yeah,
2: so they have less to do, or yeah. just a man you know I mean?
3: up in the uh, eye in the sky, Whatever. They got, all that's on with the crew. They can be the yeah. you know, Don't let anything S- fall through the cracks. Yeah.
2: So you got that ending to the Kansas game, where basically, regardless of how improved Kansas is, you shouldn't need a Cameron Dicker walk off field goal to beat Kansas. And then the TCU game was what it was. So Rod, I will ask you this, and this is probably going to lead into some of your Sam Ellinger research coming out of the bye week. With this basically being a chance for Texas like I said, flush it, hit the reset button, whatever terminology you want to put on it, what's one thing you want to see different about Texas in this game against K-State that that wasn't plainly obvious in the previous four games?
4: Um, yeah, it's interesting because um, the, the, I did the, you know, obviously with, with Chad and Kevin, um, I do the Longhorn Insider with them, and Chad asked the basically the same question. Like, what do you want to see different? And I, I really do want to see Tom Herman – And I know we're getting on the offense, and it seems unfair because the defense is where the most issues are, and we'll get to addressing the defense. So I do want to, you know, preface this conversation with that. We understand that. We do. Uh, But we know the offense is going to win games for Texas now. It's not going to be the defense. And other than Dicker the kicker, now it's your punters out, it ain't going to be special teams. It's going to be Dicker the kicker and the offense and Sam Ellinger. And we know those guys, Devin DuVernay, Colin Johnson. We know who's playing what role. For for Tom Herman, he's got to exacerbate that advantage. And I'm, I'm saying an advantage because most of the teams Texas is going up against, they should be able to score points on them. Now, are they going to be prolific against them and score 50 like they did versus Kansas? No, because the defenses you're playing are better. TCU, Gary Patterson was the first case, and you'll play John Heacock, and then you got Baylor and and Matt Rule, and they're a good defensive-minded football team. And now even K-State coming up, of course. Uh, You know, that K-State is a really good defensive team. They're the second-best third-down defense in the country, actually, which we'll get to. So for Tom Herman, I think he has been rigid and stubborn about his commitment to 11 personnel and not to the point where I don't think that he should change fundamentally who he is and the identity of who he wants to be, but you, ha- I think that has almost kind of warped his view, and he has taken the 11 personnel like theme to the extreme, which is we're going to get the matchup advantage all the time because they can't match up with, the diverse ways i'm going to use my eleven personnel and put my tight end and spread them out and do all these different things, but the truth is he's not he's not diverse enough you know what I mean in his formations he can actually do if he you know they came out with that twenty one personnel look where they put <clears throat> devin Duvernay in the backfield, and you know I remember that versus Oklahoma I was just watching mm-hmm. some you know some uh footage or Film, I should say, of Texas versus OU. And I remember I was like, motion man, that's the first time they broke that personnel. out. Yeah. They started running Devin Duvernay. And I was like, I, you know what? That's good. That's out of their, basically, their 11 personnel package, but they're just putting it in a different, you know, yeah. framework. They're just dressing it up a little bit differently. And I haven't seen enough of that. Versus TCU, they put in more, there was more pre snap motion and funk than we've seen in any game this year. But it was still using their 11 personnel. They were still committed to it. And, you know, it's great, but I, if you're going to do that, then the thing that Sean McVay does, you know, he still uses 11 personnel, telling, but there are a lot of bunch formations and a lot of different looks out of that 11 personnel, bringing the wide receivers into the backfield, motioning those guys around the formation, bunching mm-hmm. them up. He doesn't do enough of that. So I think he's almost at a disadvantage using 11 personnel because it's made him too rigid. Yes. And, he, you know, he, all he does is basically go four wide formation or use the tight end as an H-back and, you know, four wide out of 11. That's all they do. So now that Cade Brewer is hurt, and that's not a good thing, but I think it may force him out of necessity, and, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, force him to go to other personnel packages. You do have three running backs now. You bring Jordan Whittington back. Talked about in the spring game, you know how Jordan Whittington was the muse for Tom Herman. You know he would, you know, some players like James Casey, Ed Rice. I think they inspired Tom Herman to expand his horizons and open up his offensive, you know, mindset a little bit. And I think Jordan Whittington may be that guy. That's why they really loved him. Mm -hmm. And in the spring game, remember they run twenty-one personnel, uh, two backs, one tight end, and they run empty formation. I, I, I have the in my notes. I remembered exactly the time and I wrote it down. Because it was to me a moment of an epiphany. I was like, man, if Tom Herman can be diverse and have players like Jordan Whittington on the field, he can actually go from twenty one personnel to uh eleven personnel to ten personnel all within the same framework of you know the the offense right. on the field and literally be malleable from down to down within the down. so I think that's what I want to see more of uh. Ten personnel, you set that to come, and we've never seen it. So we've seen it once this year, I think, maybe versus LSU in a two-minute. I, I can't remember. I think that's it. But you want to see more of that, and I haven't seen more of that, and I think that is what made him predictable versus TCU. Gary Patterson feasted on his ri- rigidity. Did I make up a word? Is that a word? <laughs> uh, you know what he wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, would
2: you like would you like a number, Rod, to back up your theory that Tom Herman uses 11 personnel almost to his detriment at times? Yeah. In a TCU game, I charted it from the time Cade Brewer went out of the game, what personnel packages was Texas in? Oh, yeah. On the final 43 official snaps with Cade Brewer out of the game, Texas had at least one tight end in on all those formations. Of course. They were in uh, 43 official snaps. They were in 11 personnel with either Reese Lato or Jared Wiley. Forty-two times. Wow. The one time they weren't was goal on the line? goal was on the goal line yep. when they ran the pop the jump pass to Reese Leto. They, they were in twelve personnel. Yeah. Wow. So that's four basically forty-three snaps where you've got at that's least one tight end on the man. field and one where you've got two. And wow. let me just break it down real quick. That's crazy. So. Man. Eleven personnel for those that don't know those of you who are regular blitz listeners, you know it, those of you who are not well base eleven personnel is one running back, one tight end
3: the first number' is running back, the second number is amount of tight ends
2: thank you there man. you go so well. basically the advantage eleven personnel gives you if you've got the right guy at tight end, which go back to last year, Texas was heavy personnel because you had Andrew Beck who yep. you know again Andrew Beck occupying a spot on a 53-man NFL roster this year because he's that good as a blocker. He allowed you to be versatile. And as we saw, Andrew Beck, if you don't account for him down the scene where basically in your run-of-the-mill pass route, he can make you pay. The advantage with 11 personnel is it's going to always give you a numbers advantage in the box if you decide you want to run the football, still allow you to be a quote-unquote traditional spread offense, but with what Texas did last year, when you combine that tight end position, which as we said, Rod and Tom Herman's pro spread offense, it combines the best of the pro style elements with the spread elements. Which is the tight end. And you have Sam Ellinger, who is a plus one in the run game, you should always have a numbers advantage if you want to run the football. Agreed. But now with Cade Brewer, who's not the blocker Andrew Beck was, which my thing with Cade Brewer, and I've told you guys this, I've told other people this, I don't have a problem with Cade Brewer being on the field. But if you're going to play him 95% of your snaps, you've got to maximize him in a way that takes advantage of his skill set, like basically telling Cade Brewer to go be Andrew Beck. That's the whole square peg round hole service, thing. Yeah. It's not, yeah, you're you're not going to get anything done. Yep. And the same thing with Reese Leto. Reese Leto is not Kate Brewer. You can't just say, well, start going running, go be a part of this four vertical <laughs> route." No, that's not really what you want Reese Leto to do. So I'm with you, Rod. I, I think if this offense is still in the frame of mind where they feel like this defense can't stop anybody and I – Man, I broke down some numbers on the defense that I'll share with you guys during the yeah, bye week, and it's, it's bad.
4: Yeah, that's scary. The stuff you sent me was scary. It's
2: <laughs> But if you if you feel like you've got to maximize every drive, then you've got to figure out who are the guys that can best help us change the game and put the ball in the end zone. To me, even though we only have a very small sample size of Jordan Whittington, that's Jordan Whittington over Reese Slato. That's Jordan Whittington over – over Jared Wiley, that's Jake Smith. Even though he did kind of hit that freshman wall at the most inopportune time, yeah. that's Jake Smith over Reese Leto or Jared Wiley. It's Agreed. just, it's just, it's not. We're not picking on the staff, we're Just saying, look, if you're going to maximize every drive, then you got to maximize your personnel. You, you
4: need. Football is all about matchups now, and the fact about it is when you do run the eleven personnel, you need your tight end to be a matchup. Uh, advantage for you in some way, and that's all on the way. You, exactly. it's all on the way you use them, right? You can if you can get him mashed up on a linebacker every that's time. That's what
3: makes like the Rams then, or 11 yeah, personnel exactly. when you have a Gerald Everett or you have somebody that's a hybrid.
4: Be, so you, know, you want a that, Ricky Seals Jones there. You know what and I mean? Even yeah.
3: even Andrew Beck was a guy that they, you at least had to respect that he could go out and catch a pass. Now yeah. he was such a plus blocking wise that he was out there. He specifically because tool. exactly. Yeah. We're talking in about the,
2: for years when the Patriots ran 12 personnel. Like, why, yeah. well, why can they get away with running 12 personnel? Well, when you got Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, elite you can ends. run 12 personnel yep. 95% of the time and, and you'll so have matchups all over the
3: place. Exactly. And the mm-hmm. receiving threat allows you, because like when you look at Texas, now the, and what you want in the 11 personnel is the threat from all. But if the defense doesn't respect, say, one or maybe two or three of the other pieces because we had talked about how within the 11 personnel, the specific roles are even admittedly reliable and predictable from year to year, how Tom Herman uses them and features certain players where just because it's a usage problem, the same way in basketball, there's one basketball to go around. There's only one football, and you can only use it one way. And then now if you're almost – Uh, Gonna go out and put it out there that this guy is the feature part of the entire offense, and even when his backup comes in, he's a feature part. And then you say maybe don't think that Eagles on the outside or Epps or somebody that isn't able to Mm -hmm. be able to be a complementary role off of that player they aren't even a threat so then now you can cheat off of say that guy that you don't really respect him in this aspect of his game or Cade Brewer where you aren't worried too much about him being effective in either area of it that now you've actually taken the top end of your offense and even though it's created to be something that's going to work when the individual pieces all five of them aren't at least some type of threat to consume the offense, it really makes you even more easy to defend because you can allocate almost all of your resources to stopping where you know it funnels. And then, yeah, we'll see if Eagles or if Epps or if a Brewer can beat us and that's where we're sort of seeing these exactly teams right. go and it's exactly yeah. what I mean, LSU did it good the in injury. the very first half against Texas and Texas was able to sort of adjust inside of that. But now, I lo- I love the element that you sort of force the hand, now it sucks for Brewer, but it, it just makes Peace. The offense have to think differently than how they've thought. You can It actually could help. And you had to buy a to do it. Exactly. You had to buy like, week to do it. And you got some pieces that may be coming that back. That are coming the back
4: and may also force your hand. That I'll, I'll, also are the,
3: multiplicity the way that we it's saw. It's a
4: perfect storm yeah. for Tom Herman to Reamed have in to evolve offense the offense. Or yes. Whatever. You know what I mean? And adapt it to his current roster. You I, grab the Duvernay yeah.
3: playing Oklahoma when he motions from being a wide receiver into the backfield, and those are the type of things that you could get the type of yeah. list matches with a guy like Whittington, or in they're- theory, if you're adding a body and taking a guy off in Brewer, now you
4: have an extra body to be that person that you can move around and do in those packages. And by the way, they're trying some new things. You can say, I mean, I know there's it's subtle stuff, but... They're running more of the slot fade. I think they've run it less than 10 times this year. Oh, it's but worked a lot, run... too. They've... Well, it, it works a lot because you never run it. Yeah. All right? So if you start running oh, yeah, things you don't run like seven when teams are, are watching win. film on you, then they won't know what to do. They won't expect it. I it's so frustrating when Tom Herman says, "Well, we run eight, eight, uh, eight four verts, eight to ten four verts a game." And it's like, yeah, but you run them the same way every game. Yeah. They never it change. You just spread everybody out. You go four wide, you, and then you run four verts. I don't even know if they run four verts from a trips. I think it's always literally like they just go four wide and one four verts. i got to check and see if they run four verts and take the number three wide receiver and take him all the way to the other hash and run the vert like that and stretch the defense. I don't even know if I see them doing that. You know what I mean? Like Run it, run it from, like I said, put Devin Duvernay in the backfield just like you did and have him run that fourth vertical up the field and see how the defense adjusts to it. If Texas just does anything, that's why his trick plays always work. Cause it's so outside of you know the tendency for Tom Herman, he mm-hmm. yeah. usually just always breaks a tendency. And my thing is that's what Slot Fade represents. That it's been open every time you've run it you ran it versus jake with jake smith at tcu uh he dropped it you ran it versus uh with with devin duvernay versus tcu he caught and it was a touchdown they ran it versus hell they ran it versus i want to say they ran it versus lsu maybe like once or twice and it was it was still it was it had a shot
2: you know what's been a a foolproof play for them too rod going back to the the first year something we've talked about a lot the tailback wheel on the plus side of the field.
4: Oh
3: yeah,
2: no well, doubt. I, it, like we've seen them run it like with the delayed release, with what like a number of different ways. Hell, but Ingram
4: it, was even running it last year.
3: It, it always had the works same like yeah.
2: Like, Keontae Ingram's got a touchdown off of it this year. Roshon Johnson's got a touchdown. And off
4: they of tried to throw it to, throw it to uh, Jordan Whittington in the spring game. Remember Justice yeah. science mm-hmm. covering it. So no, 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 I'm just it's just it's just very. So I, I think I'm I agree with Matt. I think Matt pointed out and he said it very. He put he put everything right there for you it's it's the perfect storm for Tom Herman to to do something and adapt the offense and there's so many ways we can do it. You've talked about the 20 personnel, I've talked about the 10 personnel. I mean, what whatever he chooses to do, but if he does nothing and comes out there with Reese Leto and nothing against Reese Leto, and he comes out there with Jared Wiley and they come do the same thing they were doing mm-hmm. and he, they just take the place of Cade Brewer, man, Texas Texas may lose this game. Yeah, the offense won't probably going to lose this game. There, you'll, be keeping, you'll be you'll yeah. be
3: basically four of your five threats now or maybe a threat or maybe just three of the five at that exactly. point you can really focus everything on them and on, the way you yep, brought on up Colin I, and Johnson the idea and that you're running the same you try to get the numbers advantage that's what the 11 personnel does and you can go and be able to get the type of mismatch from time to time that you want but then like we were saying it sort of gets you into the predictable aspect and anybody that plays fantasy sports or has done a bracket mm-hmm. before you know that there's always the easy chalk play but it's what is obvious in yep. everybody sees it also it isn't as if now it is say technically maybe the right one but if everybody else also can sort of see that because that's how football is being dissected now then it can become rather simple and chunky and like totally one good. tiny variation, one little change can really change that dynamic and make you be that much more effective. But you have to be able to identify that to make you different than from the others.
2: Here's why you're going to need to maximize that, Rod. You're getting ready to play. I'm a firm believer in SP+, formerly S&P+, but now it's SP+, now that Bill Conley's over mm-hmm. at ESPN. And basically what SP+, is... Uh, as it says in the article, it's a simple uh, in a single sentence. It's a tempo and opponent adjusted measure of college football efficiency. Your best offensive game this year, outside of the red zone, and again we talked about any time this offense has faced anybody with a pulse in the red zone, they've struggled. Uh, LSU was ranked 18th in the country in SP plus defense. Yeah, you threw for a lot of yards, but you know the red zone. Red zone is basically where you lost that mm-hmm. game. Uh, the other top 40ish defenses you faced this year, Oklahoma 30th in SP plus defense. Uh, and then the other one, TCU, is 35th. K-State, 38th, and then after this, you're going to play Iowa State, who right now is 17th, and then Baylor's 15th. Yeah. So if you didn't hunker down during this bye week and figure out what you can do again to maximize every single possession you've got and maximize your personnel, you're going to be staring 7-5 or 6-6 six and six right in the face. Yeah. All right, time for our first break on the show. But when we come back, we're talking more Texas football coming off the bye week as the Longhorns get ready to face Kansas State. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24 7.
1: Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24 Here again is Jeff Howe.
2: When you talk about the Texas defense, I'll just give you guys the numbers. I wrote an article about this on the site during the bye week, but I'll just give you the numbers. Um, and it's not pretty, and it just illustrates. You know, when you look at the Texas defense, they have had success at times this year. Uh, but really where it falls apart for them is the fourth quarter. They're terrible in the fourth quarter. Either protecting a lead, playing from behind, no matter what the scenario is. Texas has just been a terrible team yeah, in the fourth numbers. quarter. Uh, do you realize Texas this year has given up 252 points. 118 of those have been scored in the fourth quarter. Damn near half the points you've given up this year have come in the fourth quarter. Mm. Like, I had to do the math like nine times on that to make sure I was right. No. <laughs> like, really. nah, that That's can't smart. Be
3: right. <laughs> You gotta
2: double check. We mind. can all agree this Texas defense at times has been really good in the red zone, right? Yeah. Not in the fourth quarter.
3: Mm.
2: Thir- teams are 13 of 13 in the red zone against Texans in the fourth quarter. Oof. Twelve touchdowns.
3: That's insane. That's like Texas. Of Thirteen offense. and
2: twelve touchdowns. So that yes. totally
3: negates like when Texas was all say sixteen for eighteen to start the year on TD rate. The only two misses crazy, were man. LSU. Well, basically you're giving all of that back to them. It yep. doesn't make you be any good. Your net is nothing.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> run run defense hasn't been that bad. Yeah, giving up four and a half a carry in the fourth quarter. That goes up to five point one three a carry.
4: <laughs> you give it up 5 yards a carry in the fourth quarter. In the quarter? fourth
2: quarter. Wow. You've given up 395 rushing yards in the fourth quarter this year, Rod. Now your opponent completion percentage wow. in the fourth quarter, 56.4. That's manageable. But in the fourth quarter, you've given up 11 passing touchdowns. Teams are averaging 8.26 yards per pass attempt, 14.6 yards at completion. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that means that goes back to they're not giving it they're just chunking it deep. They're chunking it deep, man. And hoping to get lucky. No and more often than not, they are.
3: And that's why you should expect them to throw on you
2: still. Third down is where it gets really bad. Texas on third down defensively in the fourth quarter. Opposing offenses are fourteen of twenty nine. That's a forty eight point three percent conversion rate. Where it gets worse, how about on third and nine plus in the fourth quarter? These are eight of seventeen against Texas, converting third and nine plus in the fourth quarter. Yards per play, how about 6.85? Basically, you're almost giving up seven yards of play in the fourth quarter. And on fourth down, you've allowed teams to convert five of six fourth down opportunities. Every one of those, Rod, has been fourth and six or longer.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's That's because when you can't stop the pass, it doesn't matter if it's 4th and 3 or 4th and 8. You're throwing the ball and getting that most of the time. When you have a bad pass defense, you can give them 4th and whatever. If you're completing the pass, you're probably converting it.
4: Yeah, so so exactly. What's the (laughs) common denominators, the commonalities in those 4th quarters that we're looking at? Todd Orlando is usually in a situation where he's fighting for his life. He's grasping. Teams are, as Matt pointed out, they're attacking him via the pass. And they're almost, even though they're having success running the football, a lot of times the strategy has been to abandon the running game altogether.
3: Yeah, LSU The, run, the ab- Rushing and yards I, are kind of explosive because our only it, counters it, blitz. And the I, rushing it, yards no, it,
2: guys are kind of deceptive. Uh, ninety, I, I said they gave it a three hundred ninety-five in the fourth quarter. Yeah, ninety of those were in the Oklahoma State game, which as we there know, Oklahoma go. State yep. want to run the football. Uh, Oklahoma though had one hundred six and seventy-two of those, I think. We're on that one carry Kennedy Brooks had where it was a one possession game. Yeah. And, and this is all goes to illustrate, Rod. There's been plenty of games where, even the, the three losses, where in the fourth quarter, it's like this defense just needs to stop. If you could just get a st- – like forget everything that's happened at this point. If you just get a stop here and get the ball back for the offense, you give yourself huh. a chance, and they just haven't been able to do it. As yeah. Matt said, you're basically taking whatever goodwill you've built up through three quarters, and you're basically giving it all back in the fourth quarter. And
3: to just add on to your numbers, because I just looked it up, and, yes, Texas dead last in fourth quarter points allowed per game, 14.8. So 130th wow. in the nation. But to tell you all to gauge – 126 San Jose States at 10.6. Then it goes up to 11, 12.3, 13.4 Texas 14.8. So like you're talking almost 50% worse than the you know 120s down at 130, but 14.8 per game. Yeah,
4: I think it's uh, a lot of it's on Tart Orlando because I think Tart Orlando starts to melt down because Texas loses their defensive identity when teams start to just attack them via the pass because teams know his default is pressure and blitzing. Mm -hmm. And here's the numbers that I did because I I, I had to go back and look at it because I want to find out how often Texas faced third down and 10-plus yards to go and how often they decided to blitz. So (laughs) the numbers that I found is that opposing teams are converting 34% of the third down and 10-plus yards to go versus the Texas defense. When the Horns blitz five or more rushers, teams are converting 43% of those downs. Jeez. When the Longhorns send less than five rushers, teams are only converting 27% of those third downs. So third there and 10-plus. So when he errs on the side of being a little bit more conservative, it's actually been helping him out. So I went to the fourth quarter because I'm like you. I'm like, man, a lot of these have been in a damn fourth quarter. I can, I can remember most of them, TCU, LSU. So in the fourth quarter— teams are converting 50% of third downs with 10-plus yards to go versus Texas. The, uh, the blitz rate versus third and 10-plus goes from 52% to – and that's just his regular blitz rate, all right? So if it's a third mm. and 10-plus any time in the game, usually Tartar uh 52% of the time he's going to blitz. That number jumps to 64% in the fourth quarter. So he goes from blitzing 52% of the time to blitzing 64% of the time facing third and 10-plus. Um, even though the numbers show even so though far, the numbers show sixteen percent less so, so, so he's ignoring the numbers and he just go that, that's or, how you know it could be a
3: small sample size right now, to be fair, but you're right. Ignoring the numbers or just like not believing that they're true yet.
4: Versus those versus the blitz, teams are converting fifty six percent of those third and ten plus in the fourth quarter. Third and ten plus yards to go, with less than five rushers, teams are only converting forty percent of those third and ten yards to go. So Either way, it says he should not be blitzing as much when there's third and 10 plus yards to go. Or or probably, even to Jeff's point, third and nine plus, it probably, the trend would stay the same. The numbers say you don't have the personnel right now to go that ball to the wall. And then now you your
3: personnel's finally getting healthier, some of them. So we'll see how he ends up. But I don't know if that's a structural flaw of the
4: defense or the personnel. Like, exactly. I don't know. It could be that's just Todd or Orlando. Structural flaw. And teams are now forcing him into that situation because they know if he yeah. – if I get – if I even if I'm in third and long, my fail safe is he's going to blitz. And yep. if he blitzes – we got him. And well, this and is my issue with the Texas. Are
2: this is my issue with the Texas defense and takes people have on it. There's the crowd that says, oh, well, they've had so many injuries, you can't properly judge this defense. You're you're an idiot if you think, you know, injuries don't have anything to do with it. And then there's the group that says, no, this is Todd Orlando. This is just garbage play call. We saw this from Manny Diaz. We saw this from Vance, Vance Bedford. It's just garbage. Well, when you're as. It's no different than what we said during those two coordinators when things went bad. You're so bad, it's everything. You can't just blame one entity when you're this bad. Agreed. And yeah. to be it, fair, looking
3: at yeah. the Texas oh, defense in the fourth quarter last year, just to give a proxy to other Orlando years, Texas was 126th in the nation in points allowed in the fourth quarter at 10.6. So, and even mm. last year when you had a good defense or a better one in your mind that was got better results, yet we remember late in games having a lot of games come that way and... It is a little alarming looking well, at that. If those blitz rates, I would bet exactly. are going to be quite similar.
4: Th- that's the reason for Tartalando. That's it why it's so damning. He's sitting there yeah. like, oh, we know what to do. Well, that – exactly. That number I gave, why it's such a damning indictment of him is because – all you need is one stop usually. With LSUV, one stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? And TCU, you need one stop. Oklahoma. And that game is, is as different. As bad as that game was. Because yeah. exactly. the way the offense is,
3: you only need a stop. You don't need a turnover. You don't need a turnover. You
4: just need a yeah, stop. stop. And it, he hasn't been able to even get a stop. Now, I, at Oklahoma game, I thought the defense did as much as they could. They carried could in the, the offense for once yeah, in, one in, game. in the first half. But. Man, I'm, I'm, that I think is why people are really upset at Charlando. If he, if he, in one of those games, if he had just gotten one stop, I don't think people would be as hard on him. Even though the numbers say that the defense is deteriorating, and injuries and inexperience and all that stuff are a big part of it. But, man, you gotta. You gotta be able to get a stop on a third and fourteen, third and seventeen. When you know what I mean, when the odds yeah. are so so much in your and favor. That's,
2: that's honestly Rod, right where I I didn't lose total faith in Todd Orlando, and I, I still think Todd Orlando's a good defensive coordinator. I don't think he just got no, dumb that. in the stretch of you know eight games. But that's what this is where I'm at with this Texas defense, Rod. Are where have they been in a bad situation with injuries? Absolutely, you yes. can't deny that. But between coordinator. Position coaches, yep. players, through little things and big, you have all combined to make your bad situation infinitely worse. And now it, the D, Texas defense, which is 86 in the country and SP plus defense, I think mm-hmm. that might be the worst in the Power Five. If not, it's in the conversation. It's probably right there. It is just a toxic soup of ineptitude on that side of the ball.
4: Uh, I agree, um, but I think they can. I think the injuries, the guys coming back from injuries, and we don't know who's going to be, uh, could be, you know. But, what what's the I think Jeffrey McCulloch didn't practice, so it ain't looking good for Jeffrey McCulloch, but. As James
2: Stearns yeah. is
4: gonna probably gonna
3: play. I would
2: bank on you having Stearns. Maybe no Foster. And Fa- no, I think Foster. Foster would be will probably go too. Yeah. The way um, probable
3: is you're gonna play unless there's a setback. Yeah, Foster so, was
2: available for he traveled and dressed for TCU, but it was kind of one of those emergency yeah, only. Yeah, but
4: I've situations. seen Foster available before, and he right. he shouldn't. I don't know. I was like, how yeah. do, how did he pass the test? The very first.
3: <laughs> but play, I mean, his yeah. shoulders yeah. back out yeah. of socket. At least now you
2: got the. And <laughs> then
3: and then that's why he can't tackle one of the CD lane ones because he can't reach. That no, he literally is forward, running so he by people him. because he's he can't, alone, he, he, of He's trying
4: to avoid contact, like, well, he shouldn't have passed the test. He couldn't lift the arm he don't up. need to be out there. Right. Some now, guys don't need to pass the
2: test. was telling me there was one play in the in the Kansas game you can see where he tries to change direction and it's almost like Rodby, you've been there where like you try to change direction and your shoulder catches yeah, yeah. and he just drops. Yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> Like he was in yeah. that much pain. Yeah. And I'm, we're not yeah. knocking him like that's no, how much pain the guy's he's trying to play He's tough as hell, for. but he may not need to be out there. And that's I'm just saying if he's coming back again, like, well, trust him. me, as a guy who had shoulder problems, all right, I, re- I retired out of the NFL. Not retired. It retired me because of my shoulder problems. Dude, they don't heal. They don't heal during the season. They do not heal. They just keep. I came back too with with shoulder braces, and they just keep coming back over and over again. And the more physical you are, which B J. Foster is, it's
2: like we talk about Jalen Green. More times going to happen. You're probably going to hear about Jalen Green after the bowl game getting shoulder surgery. Yeah, but he doesn't hit For as sure. much as B J. Foster does. He's playing corner. I. That's another thing defensively. See who can play corners included. Who all can play your Joker and nickel roles? Because yeah. honestly, I know we talked about Deshaun James and the touchdown he gave up. Your corners are not the reason why your defense has been bad the last few weeks. Yeah, we just got so many injuries at safety. I just think Jalen Green is physical enough. He's probably your best tackling corner. Hell, I'd at least look and see what it looks like with him in the nickel. It should. I mean, last year,
4: remember they used Anthony Cook inside and played him inside a little bit. I think I I I try all of them out there. Cook, Jameson and green. At this point, what's it hurting, Rod? Yeah, I try them all out there. Because <laughs> well, cook Cook yeah, been tackling pretty good lately, too. But right now, literally,
3: a chance at the Big 12 championship is why they aren't going to put people out there that they want to have a chance to win. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but they're still... had that carrot in front of yeah, your eyes. Like, the, you know, the, we can't the, just throw anybody out there. The well, yeah. one
2: or two stones you don't turn over in the, during this bye week that you didn't turn over, that might be the reason why you're not in the Big 12 championship game and you're in the, the Liberty Bowl or whatever oh god no camping world bowl bowl no even
3: worse hell we were in the same spot last year just (laughs)
2: just stay out of the cheese it bowl and (laughs) i don't even know what that is it's in phoenix when you play your bowl game at a baseball stadium though yeah that's a low yeah that's pretty bad can't call that a success i guess we got to pick this game guys um I'm actually scared of picking this game. Yeah. Matt, what is the line as of right now it was five and a half. 5, and a half, five. Where is
3: it, Matt? Uh, I've seen it opened at six and it's at six and a half now. People people
4: think Texas is gonna bounce back after yeah, they buy it's a week. It only
3: went in Texas's favor. It's went up uh, over unders went down, so it went from fifty eight and a half and now the consensus is fifty. So Man. it's went a half point in our favor, yet the unders went down. So we've gained a full oh. point to
4: Kansas gaining nothing. K-State. Texas is at home. Texas is going to win. They're at home. I say that. I'm not that confident about it, but I think Texas will win. I think the offense will be innovative. I think you'll see some things we haven't seen, hopefully 10 personnel and some 20 personnel. I think defensively you'll get Caden Stearns back, which, I mean, honestly you could argue Caden Stearns is your best defensive player going into the season. To get him back is huge. So if you get Caden Stearns back, a somewhat healthy and you know you get some other those some other guys back. I think Texas defensively can just do enough, but man. It, it ain't going to be pretty. And I'll say maybe a game winning drive by Sam Ellinger and a game winning kick or something by Dick of the Kicker. Yeah. yeah.
3: Thinking I'm about it, just when you brought up uh, uh, the special teams in Kansas State, in my mind, I was like, don't we don't, we don't, who is our punter even now? Like, that's the type of thing that you. It's uh, who came in? Chris,
2: Chris Nagar. Chris there Nagar. You go. Yeah. But like, just the idea this thing, that... Rod You never thought you'd have to learn the correct pronunciation for that. Yeah. Chris now, Nagar. You know, <laughs> that Nagar guy.
3: <laughs> but yeah, you look at uh, T- Texas, Kansas State, and Kansas. This is state's the type of team that always is able to maximize those little oh, yeah. areas Idiotage. like special teams yep. and stuff where like now Texas, say, has a not only deficient return game, but then now you have a question just about your punt game, which actually was a positive end. So oh, just man. one little incremental uh, thing to take away from your side, but that still overall, Texas at home, I would think should be able as long as they come out and don't get man. obliterated off the line of scrimmage. But this is one of those in the first like two series You'll be able to tell a lot if the all, all lines this. look good. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. if you move the ball, then feel like it'll be play I out the that. same way for sixty minutes. If they're knocking your guys off the ball on either line of line of scrimmage, it could get really scary. Then it comes down to a turnover. But I still think Texas wins, barely covering that six and a half point line right now. Something like, eh, probably go under in this one. It'd be scary. It's still close. I'll change my mind. Mid-side. What's the over-under on this, map? It's 58 now. It was yeah. 58 and a yeah. half. Yeah, I would
4: go. Yeah, I think that's good. I'd probably go th- maybe I'm going 30 i like 35, 28. I was going to say 30 to 27. No, is, no yeah. way I'm
2: picking a cover in this one. Um, I feel like, yeah. You know what? I'm going Texas 31-30, and the only reason I'm picking Texas is because I don't want to think about what this fan base looks like with the alternative. Hmm. Uh, Especially
4: if you have a bad game, if it's you know, because I okay. First of all, I agree with you. Loss will be unacceptable. Home loss
2: to K State, coming off a bye week, and you're five and four. You're not going to the Big Twelve championship game. K State still got to go to Ames and Waco. A
4: lot of it, I I think. A lot of it also depends on how you lose. But you're right that fans, either way, an L, no matter how it comes, it's
2: going to be. You lose this game, Rodby, you're staring six and six right in the face. Yeah. No, no doubt. That's why I said I'm picking Texas because I don't want to think about the alternative. (laughs) Tom Herman
4: doesn't want to think about it either. No, he thought this Monday press conference was tough. (laughs) That Monday press conference is going to be awkward, man. Yeah, I mean, he's—I don't think he's ever felt the the fans start to turn on him because when he struggled early on, it was like his first year, and everybody was like, "Oh, man, his first year, he's just building this thing." And now he's gotten this, and it's and small. never really in
3: his life. And people, other than and they're, like, not,
4: they're not, they're not, they're not off the bandwagon or anything. But fans are now starting to criticize and be a little bit more critical and look a little bit deeper at Tom Harmon. because he was still yeah. even
3: like say when Houston, like ending seasons didn't go well or something, and you had turmoil in, but you still were the hottest commodity in coaching, coaching yeah, yeah. on the rise. This is the first time having to deal Agreed. with this
4: type of a situation, no doubt. He can tell he's flustered at the press conference a little bit. All right. Well, uh man, I know. Yeah, this thing could it really could be the house of cards. This this game, I hate to say it, but yeah, man, with all the rumors about locker room issues and stuff like that and you know the recruiting you, you decommitments can, and stuff like be a tipping really moment it could it'd be, be like it could point. be a tipping point <laughs> really daddy you can spin this all kind you can spin this <laughs> all kind of
2: positive if you win it cuz yeah. like i said you, they win this game they are right back where they were right last year right back at it yep if Bi- we Went
4: well you lose Man, it's yeah. always like it one ain't of those things.
3: It ain't you're good. Like, oh, changing one thing, how does it alter the entire future? You know, like, butterfly like, back man. Yeah. But, yeah. but like, this is one of those games, like, nobody knows now, but on Monday, it's gonna go one way or the other. And I'll, I'll go a
2: step further. This is the four game stretch where this won't cost Tom Herman his job. No, I, we're not to that point because Kansas but didn't happen. Depending on Rod, right, at the end of the day, when the book is written on the Tom Herman era, I think whichever way it goes. We'll look back at this four-game stretch and say, positive or negative, this is where you can look at the tipping point was. I agree with that. This four-game stretch.
4: Yeah, no doubt. You're right there. Yeah, because this is not how you thought it would go. No. And now the fit has hit the shan. (laughs) You got a a chance to right the ship. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Will they take
2: advantage of it and do it?
4: They had two weeks, man. They had two
2: weeks to do it. Come on now. Keep hope alive. We shall see. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're
3: more than welcome.
2: Rod we appreciate the time in the knowledge. Anytime, brother. All right, last break on the show. More Texas K-State talk on the other side, and we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven with predictions as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Well, look who's home.
1: How was your day, hon?
5: Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting.
1: Lay down on me and we'll talk about
5: it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey,
1: I'm just a mattress doing my job.
5: You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic hyperelastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through.
1: If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do you do You have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund.
5: And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to, Purple Mattress.
1: You too can come
0: home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now, for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions.
2: I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol
0: checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline,
1: I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain
2: healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic. Except it's odor free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol. And I'm doing it with garlic.
0: Garlic. Cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere. Like on a city street. <laughs> Would you get on an airplane if you knew it had a 50% chance of crashing? You may be riding that plane right now. If you have your money in a 401k or IRA and you plan to take out the recommended percentage each year when you retire, your chance of running out of money is 50%. 50 percent but there's a better and safer way to secure your income in retirement discover how in a free book called rescue your retirement this wealth building strategy has never had a losing year in more than a century in fact even the man who invented the 401k now prefers this method instead get rescue your retirement free for just a small shipping charge and enjoy a safe landing and a comfortable retirement get this free book and make sure you don't run out of money Hurry. This offer is extremely limited. To get your free copy, just go to GrowWealthSafely.com. That's GrowWealthSafely.com to discover how to rescue
1: your retirement. GrowWealthSafely.com. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon?
5: Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting.
1: Lay down on me and we'll talk about
5: it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey,
1: I'm just a mattress doing my job.
5: You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non toxic, hyper elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through.
1: If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do. You have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund.
5: And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to, Purple Mattress.
1: You too can come
0: home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now, for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions.
5: From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50.
1: Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe.
2: For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9-1019-AM1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear us each and every weeknight at 7 o'clock and – Get Rod B. on the broadcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Don't forget to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And thanks to Matt, you can find our classic shows and interviews on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode.
1: You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.